This is the Walk Away FBA podcast, where we talk about how to stop building Amazon's business through FBA and start building your own business. I am your host, Joshua Esters. If you like this podcast, follow this podcast, share this podcast. Let's get started. Two things before we get started. Uh, one, I wanted to clear up something I said in the last podcast where I sounded kind of stupid, to be honest, <laughs> where I was talking about page views. I was talking about visits and conversions rates and um, forgive me. And, you know, I record these podcasts very, very late in uh, very, very early in the morning, two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. And uh, yeah, my brain wasn't functioning correctly. So um, two things, two things. But the, the first thing is this. Um, so, so you know, just to clear up conversion rate uh, on eBay, if you're talking about eBay for, for the example I was using was eBay, you have impressions, right? So you have impressions and impressions are um, the number of times your listings come up in someone search in someone searches right um and then after that when they click on it when they click on one of your listings that's called page views and then your conversion rate is your sales you know your total sales for a given period divided by the uh the total number of page views in in that same time period um and on etsy you know, I screwed that one up when I was talking. Um, well, I, I kind of did get it right, but I was I wasn't sure at the same time. But anyways, so on Etsy, so you have um, you have um, visits, visits, um, you have visits, and and the visits is the equivalent of the impressions of eBay. So the number of times your listing listing shows up in someone's search. And then when they click on that listing on Etsy, they call it a view. Um, so it's visits, then a view, right? A view is when someone actually clicks on your listing. Conversion rate is the total number of sales in a specific time period divided by the number of views in that same time period. And that'll give you your conversion rate. Um just wanted to clear that up because I, I kind of sounded a little bit a uh, little bit out of it when I was trying to explain it in the last podcast. All right. So number two, number two, um, I mentioned in the last podcast as well that um, I'm going to have something for you, want to put together something for you. And um, in and it is um, it is a. Um, it is a it is a discount, a discount on a particular tool that I use in my multi-channel business. I use a tool for uh, listing on multiple platforms. Right. So if I have something on eBay, if I have something on Etsy, I can, you know, uh, or if I have something on eBay, for example, I can cross post to Etsy, Macari, Poshmark, Um and uh, eBay, or well, I already said eBay, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I use the tool to cross post. So I'm not creating a new listing 
So I'm not creating the same listing each time on each platform. And the tool that I use is a uh, software called List Perfectly. That's a List Perfectly. So if you go to listperfectly.com and if you decide to uh, sign up, to uh, sign up for a paid program, um, use my coupon code. My coupon code is JRE. So that is my coupon code, and that'll give you 30% off your first month with, uh, with List Perfectly. And to try them out, they do have a free option where I think um, you can um, you can cross post like one, maybe I think maybe five or less. It might be one listing. You might be able to try it for one uh, one time for free uh, between one and five, somewhere around there. So, um, you know, give it a try, give it a shot. And if it's something that you you feel comfortable with or comfortable with moving forward with um, sign up with my coupon code. Now, that is an affiliate. I am an affiliate for them. Uh, so, yes, I do um, receive a commission. So if you did want to support me in any kind of way, that would be a good way to do that. But I also use the tool. So besides uh, besides the easiness and the quickness of cross posting from one platform to another, um, I have a I have a lot to say about their customer service. Um, they're they're just they're just great. Whenever whenever I when I first started using the tool, um, you know, if I was ever confused or whatnot, I would contact customer service and and they're very quick, very quick. Um, and they really, and you know, if, if some, sometimes, you know, I don't know how to put everything in the right words. Right. So if they're, if, if they're unclear, they don't try to answer, they try to get clarity from you. You know, they try to ask for, you know, post a video, do a screenshot, do this, do that. Show me, show me what the problem is so I can help you. And they're very quick, very, very, very quick. And I'm very, um, I'm very satisfied with, uh, with, with their service. Um, aside from the tool itself, you know, aside from the benefits of using the tool for my business, just, just the, um, the other things, right. When you run into problems, right. So they're very, very good with that. Um, you know, I've been using the tool, you know, it's funny because the tool, uh, list perfectly sort of came out, um, right when I was really sold on the idea that I was going to really do multi-channel. I mean, I was doing it, um, I don't know, for six, eight months. And the problem, the problem with doing it, um, and, and, you know, and, and this is not like a pitch, this is a real thing. You know, the problem with doing, uh, trying to take one listing and, and, and moving it to another listing on your own without any tools, there's a lot of time that goes into that. Right. So if I have a if I have a particular product on Poshmark and I want that same product on Macari, I have to basically log into Macari, copy and paste, um, you know, the description. And then I start, you know, doing all the other different things. Um, uh, you know, Macari requires you you put in the weight. Right. Poshmark doesn't require you to put in the weight. Um, um, and then Macari requires you to put in uh, um well, it doesn't require you to put in the dimensions. It requires you to put in the weight. And there's other parts of the listing creation, right, that's not on Poshmark, that's, that is on Macari and vice versa. 
So with List Perfectly, you basically create the listing one time in List Perfectly. So you can store your listings in List Perfectly. Um, and then you click a button and then it, it can, and you click a few more buttons and then it goes on to the other platforms. It fills out, it fills out the details of the listing that, uh, that's required by those platforms. Right. Um, uh, but the problem with doing it by yourself is, is, is basically time. And let's say you have some images, right? You have some images, that you want to, um, you know, your images, I'll, I'll keep it with the example with Poshmark. So, so if I have, have a listing on Poshmark, you know, I have my images or whatnot, and I want to basically, you know, get it, get that same product on Macari, you know, I, I would copy and paste the, the description and then I'll start uploading the images sometimes, or a lot of times what would happen to me is, um, uh, it takes a long time for the images to load up you know, into Macari or even Poshmark. Uh, Poshmark, I probably had the most problems when I was uploading images um, manually. Um, and sometimes it'll time out where I have to maybe create the whole listing again, or it'll just load and load and load for longer than, you know, I wanted it to. So it took me just a ton of time just to do it manually myself. Right. Because of just all the the small intricacies of creating a listing. Um, And then when you multiply that out by, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 listings that you want to move over to other platforms, it doesn't it. It's not fun. It's, It's really not fun. And I was really sitting down trying to do it myself before I found a list perfectly. Um. And it was killing me in, in, in the time. But there's there's something, I don't know what it is. There's something about List Perfectly where, like I said, you create the listing in List Perfectly. You, you know, you're going to fill, fill out the certain details. You're going to upload the images. And then you're going to click a few buttons. And then it ships it over to uh, Poshmark, Macari, eBay, Etsy, and maybe about four other platforms that I don't sell on, but the uh, the software supports. Um, and it's, and it's, there's something about List Perfectly. I don't know what it is, but when the images, when they transfer from one platform to the other through List Perfectly, it doesn't take any time. It doesn't take any time to. Uh, it's very fast, is what I mean. I'm I'm being you know, uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's really really fast. I didn't have the problem of images loading, not being able to, uh, 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 not being able to save the listings. Um, like I, like I would be like, I, like I would not be able to do if I wasn't using the software, you know, I, I just wouldn't have the time problem. So my time is, is, is immaculate in terms of, uh, listing creation. Right. Um, so that's why I use it now. It does other things too. I mean, I don't use it with all the the features that are actually available, but there's so many other things that it does. But the main thing for me is being able to create a listing and then be able to uh, put those listings on multiple platforms at the same time. So that was the other thing. So that was the thing that I have for you. So Go to List Perfectly if you want to take it to the next level 
and 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 pursue the multi-channel strategy. You want to take it to the next level. Um, if you go to listperfectly.com, use the coupon code JRE to get 30% off of um your first month. Right. All right. So let's let's um you know more about that more about that at another time. So let's let's get into what I what I want to talk about today. So what I want to talk about today is is, is entrepreneurship. I want to um you know I guess sort of get into some mindset stuff real quick with this podcast because I think um I think it's important. I think it's important and the reason why I think it's important is because um a lot of times, you know, including myself, a lot of times we we, you know, we get on the grind and we we're grinding, grinding, grinding. And, you know, uh, we don't really take time off sometimes. Right. To um, make sure we're in the right mind. Right. The right, the right entrepreneurial mind, um, because we're going and going and going and focusing on tactics and tactics and tactics and doing the things and doing the things and doing the things. Um I think it's important to 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 get to get into the right entrepreneurial mindset. Um, there are just some things about entrepreneurship that are true, you know, regardless of what what business you're in. You know, it it just it just doesn't it doesn't change. You know, and you know we're in the new age, right? You know, these past maybe ten or fifteen years, we. We kind of just been in the new age of entrepreneurship in terms of how it's done, right? A lot of entrepreneurship is done online, and um, that's 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 going to be the the way of the future. And obviously, there's going to be offline businesses, but um, for the most part, I think most um, I think the most you know uh, most most entrepreneurs are going to make their money um, online. You know, or using online and or using online as some type of um, hybrid um, to their offline business. But there are certain truths that do not change, no matter if it's online or offline. And and, and for some reason, I don't know why, but it's 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 it, it stands out to me that what's really relevant for people to understand is is a is a principle i i don't know what will be the 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 term or the phrase for it exactly but what comes to my mind is as fast as it comes as fast as it can go and for some reason that's that's just really relevant for me because when you think about the internet and the scale of what you can do and you know, in the in, and if you look back, if you just did your own research, and you look back on a lot of the um, a lot of the people who were making money early on the internet, um, they made it very fast. You know, is it was it's fast money, and I think that that message or or that. Um, I think that message is still being um, uh, is still being said out there, maybe not directly, but there's a lot of, you know, you might see a lot of um, 
you know, if you're on YouTube, you might see a lot of YouTube ad ads about ways to make money and ways to make money quickly, fast, you know, how to make a million dollars in six months or, you know, I made a million dollars by doing nothing um, or, you know, um, or, I'm, you know, if you do this, you can sit on the beach and travel the world for the rest of your life and not have to worry about anything. And 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 those are those all come from uh, those all come from the idea that you can make money quickly with no problems. And even before the even before the Internet, I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, people it's, it's an idea that people sell. An idea that people have been selling for, you know, probably since the beginning of time. Right. That you can make money quickly. Right. But if you also do your own research. About different entrepreneurs who are very, very sex successful. Um, you will learn that they did not. An overwhelmingly majority of them did not make money quickly. And sustain that business. And that's the reason why they're rich or wealthy today, right? So, yeah, there are certain times where, yeah, you can make a quick buck real quick, but then you have to get out. So you'll probably see and read about a lot of scenarios where entrepreneurs maybe, you know, jumped on a certain opportunity very quickly. So let's say, for example, uh, fidget spinners, right? So fidget spinners, you know, those things that spin in your hand and whatnot. At one point, that was the hottest thing in the world, Right. But if you got in and got out, that was great. Okay. Or you some something like Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin, you know, when it was first coming out, it's you know, you people who made a quick buck made maybe might have made some money very quickly, but then they got out. I mean, those aren't stories that are common because there's only a few people who ever get in and get out. And um, but there you, you can't really go back in time and, and find a person who made quick money. And stayed in that business, making quick money, fast money all the time. And that's how they got rich or that's how they stayed rich or 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 anything like that. So the idea of fast money and you can even um, you, in another example real quick. Another example would be. The, uh, you know, 2007, 2008 financial crisis. Right. People were buying uh, people were buying homes. Property values were going extremely fast. People pulling out the equity in those homes and then, you know, doing something else with the money or, you know, or selling or they're flipping. A lot of them people were, were flipping houses. So they buy, fix, buy low, fix, flip, sell extra high, you know, and keep the difference. Right. Um but the people who stayed doing that were crushed, were crushed when the crisis fell. And the people who maybe did it once or twice, they made some money. But that's not they didn't keep doing it and keep making money, you know, because fast money never lasts long. 
So fast money never lasts long. As fast as it can come is as fast as it can go. And a lot of the people who got out, I don't say it in a way where they strategically got out. They were just lucky enough where they didn't do anything and they weren't in the market, whatever market that was, whether it's the fidget spinners, they didn't they didn't purchase another purchase order. They just didn't do it on osmosis. And uh, and then they saw the market crash and then, you know, they kept it. They kept it pushing. Right. So it was kind of luck. You know, a lot of people in the financial crisis, they were, you know, flipping homes and they just happened to maybe stop or they might have been just passive, uh, passive uh, business owners or passive investors where they just, you know, they were just doing deals here and there. And they just happened to stop when the crisis hit. So they, you know, they, they, they dodged the bullet. Right. So so I mean, so I don't say it strategically. So the, you can't really find people who strategically did this. Because anybody who anybody who is um, and, and also the same thing with Bitcoin, you know, you, you know, there are people who just happen to not be investing when the crash happened and that's how they got away. But anyways, so you're not going to find a lot of people with those stories where it's like I knew that there would be a crash or I knew that the market was going to shift, or I knew the fast money wasn't going to last long. So I jumped in, you know, and then made as much as I can and then jumped out, you know. And, and the reason why is because no one has a, no one's a fortune teller, right? No one has a crystal ball. That's the reason why you won't hear many stories, if any at all, about people who strategically went into a fast money market with the intentions of getting out before the crash and making all the money they can before the crash, right before the crash of that market. You're not going to hear too many stories about that. You're not going to read too many stories about that. So, so, so that's just, it, it's, it's, it's a concept that's just true. So, so how, I, how do I relate that to, to what I'm doing? And, and, um, in, 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 that's how I see a lot of the traditional, um, a lot of the, the some of some of the traditional ways of selling on Amazon, right? Amazon. I, I mean, I I I I don't know why. I don't know why I, um, I don't know why I connected these dots. It it just is just how my mind works, right? So with Amazon, it's the same thing. It's a lot of fast money is being made. It's much slower now, you know, but back in 2000, um, you know, when, when F and FBA first started, I think maybe it was a 2014 or something like that or 13. I'm not really hundred percent sure, but, uh, it wasn't that long ago. Right. So when I first was introduced to the game in 2017, you know, I would hear a lot of stories about, um, um, uh, about, People who got on Amazon doing retail arbitrage, retail arbitrage, and also private label, who they would come in, they would often say, you know, Amazon was a wild west. You know, you can put something, you could put anything up, you could put anything up on Amazon, and it'll sell. You put anything up, and and they were right. They were right. They were buying things on, from China and then putting it on Amazon and then just selling it, or they were buying things for the, for the private label people for the. Uh, retail arbitrage people, they were going, um, you know, to Target, buying Nikes or buying, you know, th these Disney items or something like that. 
and you, they'll put it up on, on Amazon and it would sell. Everything sold. It was a wild west. There was no rules. There was no real rules on Amazon at a certain point. Now, you got to think about this. You got to think about it. Now, that's very, very smart for Amazon, but not really that smart for those resellers. Very smart for Amazon, not very smart for resellers. Well, why? Right. Why is that smart for Amazon? It it it, it was true then and it's true now. Amazon, it was very smart for them because it made people flood to the platform. It, it made, we were we were doing Amazon's work for them, right? So we were buying from their competitors and selling them online, even further uh, further hurting their competitors, right? So yeah, we you know we we you know we were you know. If, it, if you're retail arbitrage, you might be helping that business in the short term, right? You know, you're buying their stuff. But what it did was it, it took a flood of resellers on Amazon, a flood of resellers on Amazon. And if there's resellers, if there's things to buy, that means there's customers coming onto the platform. So you're getting customers. We were getting customers to their platform, right? And then, and then it was a snowball. It was snowball, snowball, snowball. And getting people, uh, um, getting people used to buying on Amazon, trusting Amazon, and um, and and just being repeat buyers, because if I if I sell something on Amazon, I bring a customer to Amazon, that customer is going to go back to Amazon and buy something else from a different reseller. So yeah, in the short term, I did make money. I made fast cash. I sold something to a customer. In the long run, Amazon won because they are now getting fees from all the purchases from that customer from that point moving forward. And, you know, here we are today, right? Hundreds of millions of uh, people shop on Amazon, right? And all of those resellers who are making fast money, they aren't doing that anymore, they aren't doing retail arbitrage. Those people who were doing retail arbitrage five, six years ago, they aren't doing that anymore. People who were doing private label, uh, just buying whatever from China and then bringing it, sending it to Amazon. Those people are not in business anymore. They're not doing it anymore. And as people, um, as more and more people start selling on Amazon, then they start bringing in the rules. They start bringing in the rules now that there's so much going on, right? They start bringing in the rules after people are already uh, already built the habit and built the trust in Amazon. People built the habit, customers built the habit of buying on Amazon. So they then start bringing rules in because now you start, you know, you got more people. Someone's going to complain about something. So you don't want, you know, Amazon's always been smart in the sense that they always put the customer first. So everything what Amazon does is customer centric. They don't care about the resellers. They don't care. They care about the customer. All right. So then they start bringing restrictions. Then they start bringing, bringing in being gated. You can't sell Nike if you don't have an invoice, something from Nike saying that you can sell their products. You can't sell Disney unless you get a letter, some type of authorization from, from Disney or from an authorized distributor to sell Disney, right? Because you don't want people selling fake Disney on Amazon and then losing trust in Amazon doesn't want that. They don't, they don't want you to lose trust in Amazon, right? They got your trust. They want to protect that trust, right? So all these different rules, 
um, knocked out many of the retail arbitragers of that time being gated, right? So it was fast money. And then, you know, those resellers, they found a plug on, they found a plug on the Disney, they found a plug on the Nike and they were, they were killing it, right? They were killing it, killing it, killing it. Now you're gated. All right. Now you're gated. Now you got to get a reseller's permit and now you have to get permission from Nike and you better be, you best believe you're not getting permission from Nike to sell their stuff. And Nike, and I'm using Nike as a hypothetical. There are people who were grandfathered in during that time who could still sell Nike, um, so on and so forth. But uh, Disney, for example, if you had a plug at the Disney store where you were getting stuff for cheap in bulk, that plug is now gone because now you need to contact Disney. Okay, so the, for the retail arbitrage of that time, that was fast money. That was fast, quick money. Now it's gone. You didn't build a real business. You didn't have any. You don't. You didn't. You don't. You didn't build any real skills. You didn't build any real entrepreneurial skills to transition, to pivot, to do anything. All you did was get good at buying uh, things for cheap or for you know lower price from one or two, three people, or multiple people, multiple people uh, businesses rather, or sources rather. Um, that was the only skill you really knew. You know, you didn't know how to build a listing. You didn't know anything about keywords. You didn't. <clears throat> You didn't know anything about customer behavior. You didn't know anything about why customers buy versus uh, why customers don't buy. You didn't know anything about uh, 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 anything about you know um, improving on a product. You didn't know anything. You, you you didn't build any real entrepreneurial skills, right? And let's let's talk about private label. All right, so private label, you know. <clears throat> Now that, you know, uh, at first, at one point, you know, it was a wild west. You could sell anything on, you could sell anything on Amazon. People were making tons of money. They were making tons of money selling flashlights. All right. So, you know, uh, people still make money selling flashlights, by the way. But that's an ex just an example, you know. But then Amazon comes out with, you know, some type of um, you have to get some type of, you know, certificate or something because of the lithium in the battery. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm literally just saying stuff. I, I don't really know. But but my but what I'm saying is like now they come out with these certificates and things like that, that you have to provide them in order to sell these same batteries. They do that. Amazon does that. You can have a listing up. They, they create a, a, um, a they create a rule that you have to follow in order to keep selling, right? That's my point. You know, I don't know about lithium and batteries and stuff like that, but, but I've seen, I've seen, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. Even in some of the parks that I used to sell when I was uh, uh, doing retail arbitrage, and, and I still get messages about products I sold in the past um, um, because I didn't, uh, because, I, because I didn't delete the listing, which is something, you know, People, a lot of people recommend you delete your listings if you're not going to be selling them anymore. But on some products where I still have them in my uh, catalog, I guess you could say that I don't sell anymore, but but the listing is still there. I still get messages about, you know, how certain products are in violation because they didn't meet some FDA law or or there's some type of um, some type of certificate that I need to provide or take or something like that. Right. So all these rules start coming in. All right. And I could kill your business if you relied on that. If you're if you're you know, if you're just a regular person, you know, you're buying flashlights from China and putting them on on, on Amazon, which will 
which will which requires a hefty hefty investment um let alone the the different lead time in getting your products from china to amazon um so on and so forth so so a lot of people got screwed and i wouldn't even say screwed honestly a lot of people a lot of people made fast money is what i'm saying so as fast as it comes is as fast as it can go. But there's certain ways that you can build an e-commerce business. And I mean that build like that. That stuff I was talking to you about. That's not building. That's not you're not building anything. You're throwing at money. At, you're throwing money at products and then, you know, hope, and then get, making them sell. Right. That's not building. That's just throwing money at certain situations. Right. But there, there's ways in e-commerce where you can build. Now, I'm no I'm not going to. Um, I, I've I've settled with the idea that I am not going to build the, the next thing that's going to be on Shark Tank. Next product that's going to be on Shark Tank. I just don't have that. Whatever that is, I don't have that. I'm not going to, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not an inventor, I guess you can say, or I don't have whatever it is to make products, to build products. All right. Um, not saying that I would never have my own product. That's, you know, that's kind of designed by me, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to come up with the next big thing. You know, that's a crazy seller on, on Amazon or online, period. Or that's just going to, you know, go into Target or Walmart someday or something like that. I've settled with that idea, right? It's just, I just don't have that. Whatever it is, I don't have that. You know, um, I'm not in, an inventor. I am an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is literally someone who puts together resources. And you can say that's a, that's a entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, you know, being in some type of an inventor. But I think the, I think really what the entrepreneur does is, 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 is basically designs the engine that makes everything run. Right. So yeah, maybe inventing something and maybe consider entrepreneurial, but I don't, I don't know, but, but I don't see it that way because that's that's one aspect. That's just one thing, you know. But an entrepreneur puts together, whether it's the finances, doesn't have to be his or her own. It puts together the finances, brings together the product, brings together the people, brings together the process, you know, uh, makes it all run to spit out a profit or to spit out uh, to spit out an, a a uh, to spit out a result. Right. That's what an entrepreneur does. And, and, and that's what I strive to do. I strive to build the engine. To, to make it run, to, 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 to spit out a result. Right. So so I, I think that because that's my instinct, I think that's the reason why I moved away from selling on Amazon. The way it's traditionally Taught, I guess you could say the way, you know, it's, it's been traditionally shown, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people talking about 
Amazon FBA. A lot of people talking about retail arbitrage still. A lot of people talking about wholesale. A lot of people talking about private labels still. These people, people are still talking about these things. But I, I don't, I, I, I can't really get too deep with any of those things because you aren't really building a business. And you know what I've, I, it's funny because here's how you know that, that, uh, this, 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 this concept, this idea, or this thing of selling on Amazon, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a really old idea when you talk about internet years, right? It's, it's, I think it's very mature. It's a mature business, um, business opportunity, quote unquote, it's very mature, I've seen, uh, I don't know, I was on, uh, somewhere on social media, um, there, there's people holding, um, like, uh, like, uh, like, like, like conferences, you know, Amazon FBA conferences where, you know, you, you're, you're going to go and, uh, learn about Amazon FBA. Right. And then I already know what's going to happen to you because I, I've been to these things before with, with offline businesses. Right. So if you ever been to like some type of real estate, uh, um, seminar that's what it is some type of live live seminar not online seminar but live seminar you know there's live seminars with with learning about amazon fba i was like okay this is a mature this we're we're at a mature state with amazon if people are selling tickets or or offering free events to learn about amazon fba and the reason why i say that is because these are marketers these aren't these these may or may not be Amazon sellers. These are marketers. You, you're going to go there. You're going to learn about FBA, and then they're going to upsell you on the next event, where it's going to they're going to tell you, okay, well here's uh, you 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 buy buy this program. We'll teach you how to do it, and then they they, they might upsell you on another program where it's one on one coaching or something like that. You know, so so that's a that's, when I saw that I was like, okay, we're we're at a really mature state. And I saw this maybe about a week ago. We're at a ma- mature state. With Amazon FBA, it's a mature business model. It's, it's old. It's old. In internet years, so there's a lot of there's a there's a there's a lot of data already out there. there there's a lot of experience. Uh, if you were to just just collectively put together a lot of people's different experiences, there's a lot of it already out there that exists. So it's it's an old idea, which is a good thing for people like me. It's a good thing because for one, it tells you there's something there's something that's working with e-commerce. There's something there's something there. It's it's it, e-commerce works. I mean I mean you you don't need me to tell you that it works. But for me, I'm more so interested in putting together a process and a system that works for me. It works for me. Not for Amazon. Not for somebody else. I'm interested in building an actual business. Now, here, here's, here, here's the thing. I also settled, settled with the idea that I'm not building a business that I can sell. I can't. I can't sell my business and, you know, I probably can, but it won't be worth much. You know, I'm not going to get rich by selling my business. And it probably, I probably can't even do it <clears throat> because there's actually the only thing that's proprietary about my business is how 
I run my business. See, with Amazon sellers, there's, there's nothing proprietary. You, you have nothing proprietary. The products you're selling are proprietary. This is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm assuming this, you're selling products that you didn't make, right? And that's, that's 99% of us, right? So if you're just doing private label, you just have some generic product, you, you don't, you, there's, not, there's nothing proprietary about that. And obviously, if you're doing something like retail arbitrage, there's nothing proprietary, nothing that you own in that business. There's no process that you own either. Because what do you do? You just list it on Amazon. That's not a, that's your only process. Your process, yeah, you, you pack and ship and send it to FBA. But that's, that's not a process, you know? So, so because there's no ownership in those business models, you, you definitely can't sell it. But I think here's, here's, here's something that people are missing. People are missing that because there's no ownership and control in those two models of retail arbitrage and then just generic type private label. The thing that people are missing is those are the most volatile businesses you can possibly be in where there's nothing proprietary. There's nothing that separates you from anyone else. There's, there's really nothing separating you. Like you, you, you don't really have a competitive advantage. The only competitive advantage someone can have in those two instances is money. You know, the person with the bigger checkbook probably could do better than you. Probably, probably, probably. Right. But when I realized those things, it, it just kind of disturbed me about what I was doing prior to what I'm doing now. Right. So, you know, I mean, you, you guys hear me if you've listened to the previous podcast, you know, I've, I've been ranting about this probably for like a year and you're probably tired of me doing it. But it's so real. It's so real how volatile. The 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 these quote unquote businesses are. Now, I made a lot of fast money. I made a lot of fast money on Amazon. And it, and it, it was true. It, it was just true in my situation too. I made a lot of fast money. And as fast as it came, it went faster. And I've talked about those things. It, it, it just went back. It, it, just, it, just, it can disappear simply because some type of rule on Amazon simply because maybe your supplier, you know, doesn't want to, doesn't want to do business with you anymore. Or you were doing kind of business under the table a little bit. What I mean by that is a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's happening on Amazon with FBA, a lot of people are, you know, are open to doing under the table business deals. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, getting products, getting products from brands that, that they know would tell them no if they opened their mouth and said, I'm selling on Amazon. Now you, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are, you know, they're trying to sell products that they know the brand owner or the distributor would tell them, no, you cannot sell on Amazon. Right. So, and, and, and I've done it. I've done it too myself. Yeah. I've done it too myself. Um, and, uh, and I even had, you know, I even had a supplier, a supplier, you know, you know, me, me and the supplier were pretty much uh, me and the rep 
from that particular supplier was, you know, she was down with it too. You know, I was getting these good products and then, you know, and then they, then the company flagged me and I, I was out. Right. So, but I made, I made a ton of money. It was fast. Now the reason, the difference between what I'm, what I was doing then and what I'm doing now is back then it was, um, I was really, I guess you could say good or sort of good or whatever. <clears throat> I was decent. I was fair. I mean, I, I think I was good, but, uh, I was good at finding windows of opportunity. At the time, I didn't know that that was a problem. So windows of opportunity where, I mean, and, and that, I think that's pretty much almost all retail arbitrage or private label, generic private label for the most part is windows of opportunity where you know there's a finite, <laughs> there's a finite window, uh, a finite amount of time before you need to jump out of this product or jump out this number of products. You know, and I was good at that. And I made a lot of money doing that way. But the problem is there's it's a window and windows close. Right. So as fast as they can come, it can actually go faster. And, and that's what happened to me. So I was finding windows of opportunity. Um, and, 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 and it wasn't always, you know, uh, like some under the table kind of stuff. But it was just like <clears throat> uh, most of the time it was simply. Uh, windows of opportunity meant that there's other sellers not doing this, right? So you want to, you, you find a, a listing that, you know, nobody's on, right? That was something that, that I really liked was getting on listings that have been pretty much abandoned that no one's been selling on for like a year, year and a half, two years. And then I jump on it. I get all the sales and so on and so forth. But, but the window is, the window closes when the next person, the next seller finds out you know, and copies me and gets on the listing with me. That was like 98% of the time were the windows of opportunity, right? It wasn't necessarily trying to sell products, you know, without letting the brand know that you were selling on Amazon. If they didn't ask, I didn't tell. That was my, that was my, that was my thing. If they didn't ask, I didn't, I didn't tell. And, and I eventually stopped that where, you know, towards the end of my only Amazon selling journey, um, I, I did, uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to basically build relationships. I didn't, you know, I didn't really value the, the concept of building relationships. I was just trying to get money, get products and so on and so forth. But towards the end, I was like, okay, well, I want to, I want to get a wholesale account and actually keep it this time. So, you know, I'm just going to let them know right up front that I sell on Amazon. So that way, you know, there's no, I don't waste time. You don't waste time. Right. But anyways, but the, but the difference is back then stuff like that was happening in my business. Right. <clears throat> and, and, and it, I had a six, I had, a, I had a six figure business, I had a six figure business doing that. You know, it had, had it, it wasn't high six figures. I mean, low six figures, you know, but it was still six figures. Now the difference between what then and now is I have relationships, real relationships, you know, with a few brands, they obviously, they obviously know I sell on Amazon. Um, they know I, they know I could sell on Amazon or, or I could sell them. They, they, they allow me to sell on Amazon, but I don't most of the time. My business is completely multi-channel now. And with that, I have certain competitive advantages because I'm focused in a particular niche. 
I'm in niches. I'm not selling anything and everything on the block. I'm selling in niches. And I'm hyper-focused in a few niches. And I provide things that people want in those niches. And, and, and honestly, it's a slow build. It's slow. It was slow. You know, when I first started out, because I didn't know exactly what I was doing, didn't know who the customer was, didn't know what they wanted. I mean, I still don't. There's still questions that I don't have answers to, but I'm 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 more a little bit more established in the niche where I'm like, OK, well, the, the customers might like this. They might want this. And um, it took a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, um, it took a lot of testing in different products and testing different types of listings and all this kind of stuff where um now I have a few I have a few products that are just winners and they're, they're going to sell for me no matter what. And there's some products that, you know, that are duds and then there's some products that are in between, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. But it took time to build that. That didn't come fast. I'll give you an example. You know, I'll give you an example. I have a product. It's my number one selling product. Number one. I, and, and for me, number one right now is selling at least one every day, right? Most of my products, I don't sell every single day. And, um, and the, but there's one, I sell at least one every day. And, and, and it's a very high, high margin product. I buy it for 16, I sell it for 42. I've sold it for lower before, but I think uh, I've, uh, and here's another thing. It, it took me a while to realize that the pricing, my the price that I have now, which is $42, that took a year for me to figure out that that is where, that's where, that's, that's, that's a good, um, there's, there's a specific term for this, but, uh, um, but that's, that's the price that it's going to sell at. It's the price where it's going to sell at, that it's going to sell out where, sell at, where it makes, it makes my time worth it. Um, uh, the profit makes my time worth it. Even if the profit was lower, it would was, was still make my time worth it because literally I, I don't do anything but uh, restock. I literally don't do anything but restock. Or restock, list, ship. Restock, you know, when I run out, restock, list, ship. And there's some other things that I do on 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 um, on Etsy uh, that allows me to um, pre-sell them. Um, but I can, get, I can get into that at another time. But for me on on Amazon now that that's on Amazon that that is a that is a that's not that great of a product one that sells one a day i mean to make that really worth your time uh now now you know now i'm jumping into wholesale i'm not talking about retail arbitrage anymore I'm about the wholesale private label kind of thing private label that's that's probably terrible depending on the price point of your product right so so and then in wholesale that's not that great it's just it's okay but for me I don't abide by those rules. I don't abide by those rules over there, right? In my world, at least one a day. Now, there are many times I sell two, three, and those are good days. And in the weekend, is is it could be phenomenal. But worst case scenario, I will sell at least one of this product every day, you know? Uh, and, and I, I you know... Uh, uh, let me get back to, back to the point I was trying to make, but but one particular product 
what I'm talking about, where it take, took me time to build this, what I'm doing now with this one, this, this is one particular product. I have, I've been through hundreds, hundreds of products doing something similar, but one product that I started selling, um, maybe about a year and four or five months ago. Okay. One product, I, you know, I took pictures of it, listed it on, um, I was selling on Macari at the time. I wasn't even selling on Etsy. wasn't selling on eBay. I wasn't even selling on Poshmark. Um, I wasn't really seriously selling on Poshmark. I was just really just kind of playing around with, uh, with, with Macari and, uh, eBay a little bit, but I didn't have the product on eBay. Just kind of really trying to just figure out Macari for a second. <clears throat> yeah, it, it got traction. Um, but not really though. It, it, it didn't, it didn't, it, it, it didn't. I don't know if it's, um, you know, I, I don't know what it was at the time. All right. Don't know what it was at the time. And then, um, You know, I I, I didn't I didn't pay it any mind. I mean, I had other products I was trying to sell. It just didn't pay any mind. But I noticed when I started selling eBay, I you know I, I got a lot of interest. You know, my price was like, I I, I mean, I've sold a few for like fifty five dollars. Just just I just put my price up there. You know, whatever, right? But 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 I but it wasn't like enough. It wasn't enough to to start paying attention. You know, um, it was just like, okay, I'll sell a few here and here, here and there. Um, and then, you know, now mind you, I'm, I'm doing other things. I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running my Amazon business. I'm just doing other things. So it's not anything that I was thinking about. And I think, uh, I think maybe earlier this year or yeah, about earlier this year, I, you know, put it on eBay, uh, had it on, had it on eBay already, but I just, just, just lower the price, you know, just whatever, lower the price to, I think maybe $39 or something like that. I don't know. And I started seeing sales. Hmm. Started seeing sales, sell, 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 sell. Now, now mind you, I, I, I didn't know anything about like shipping and, and, um, the relationship between, you know, shipping and my profits and, you know, first, first class and priority mail. And so I, I, I was visually just very inexperienced when I first listed the product, just very inexperienced. Had I knew what I knew at the time back in earlier this year, I probably would have been seeing this kind of thing last year. Right. But then I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, um, you know, still figuring out, you know, shipping and whatnot, but, but I, I listed it lower, started seeing traction. All right, cool, cool. And then I got it on, I got it on um, Poshmark. And, you know, I, I see a little bit of traction here. Nothing major, nothing, nothing major, nothing to raise my eyebrow too much. But I did notice on eBay that, you know, things were moving. People started liking the item and all that kind of stuff. All right, cool. So fast forward, maybe a couple of months. I get it on Etsy. On Etsy, I sell out in one weekend. You know, I sell out maybe like six or seven or eight in like one weekend. I was like, huh, okay, that's interesting. And then, you know, then I restock and it's the same thing. Just selling out. 
Well, the second time that I restocked, it 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 took a, it took maybe about two weeks for me to start seeing sales again. But once I started seeing sales again, it was like every day. And then now, next thing you know, it's I have I have a bestsellers badge on Etsy with the product, and now I sell at least one a day at fair margin, you know. Um, and and it really it written and, and and the thing is during that year and a half, you know. Just figuring things out, I didn't really know during that time. I, I, I and now mind you, one thing I, 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 I would keep this in mind: I haven't changed the photos from a year and a half from when I first listed. I haven't changed the photo. I haven't changed anything. All I did, probably, I, what I have done, it had you know, I made my listing descriptions better over time. Uh, I, I, I just you know, I, I made my listings look better over time as far as like the description and things like that. You know, back then it was just a couple bullet points, you know, and, um, you know, but, but now I'm, I have more of a, a certain style in how I create my listings, you know, and, and, uh, uh, it's, as far as my descriptions and that's, it's, it's sort of how, how I'm, how I'm partly branding myself across the platforms is how I do my descriptions. So, um, but there's something about the product now. I don't think of anything of it. I mean, sure, the product looks nice. I mean, sure, whatever. But, but there's, I think there's something about the image, something about the photo that I took. Now, this is like, this is back when you know I just I just started. I just started. You know, I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I you know took pictures of it, and I never took pictures of products before. And um, it's I, the same image. I literally do nothing but restock. And it, 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 to ship the item takes a couple of seconds. Put it, put it in a padded envelope. Keep it going. It's less than a pound, so my shipping's pretty decent. Now I didn't know all of this stuff though before. Though. I didn't know anything about shipping, and, and 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 I didn't really understand it. But now I understood it over time. I've built some type of knowledge base. I built something. Now I can start. Now I'm like looking at the customers. I'm like, okay, who's buying this? Because I can look at the customers. I can see who's who's buying my stuff. You know, they're they're on the Etsy. They're on Poshmark. They're on eBay. I can click on their profiles. I can look at what they've liked, other products they've liked. I can look. So so I am studying the customer for this particular product, which was kind of random for me, right? But my point is, I built to get to this moment. So you might be asking, well, can't somebody just copy you? You know, can't somebody take that same product and now my guy, I don't create my own products. You know, I, you can, you can find this same product on Amazon for half of the price. So you might be thinking like, well, why can't someone just, you know, can someone just, you know, go on Etsy and just get the same product and do what you're doing? Funny thing is, the product was already on Etsy before I even got on Etsy. And that and, and, and that listing is not getting nearly as many sales as I am. Not not even close. And I sell it for more than that person. Well, part the part of the reason why that's true is I don't use a stock image, 
right? So if you see two stock images next to each other, you're going to go with the cheapest ones. It's the same product. I mean, sure, it's the same product, right? But, the, you know, on Etsy, generally, you don't see stock photos generally. But there's something that draws people to my listing. And my listing is on, in, in, in my, in, in, in this particular product I'm talking about is on the first page. It's on the first page of the general keyword for the product, you know, so you can't miss it. When you first type in the certain keyword, there's like three main keywords. If you type in any of those three main keywords, that's where the mass, uh, the, the most traffic is coming from because they're, you know, they're, they're just the, the general keywords. So, so if you type in some of the niche keywords, you're going to, you know, find my stuff too. It's going to be on the first page of there. So I'm getting, I'm getting people from all over who don't know anything about the brand I'm selling. Right. And, um, they don't know it's on Amazon and you know what? Clearly they're not going to look. And there's, there's many reasons why I, I want to make a podcast about that, uh, about why customers buy. Now, my whole point is, my whole point is that's something I did. No, I don't own the product. It's, it's in terms of, you know, the patent or whatever the case is, right? I don't own that, but I control it, right? I control it. And the closer we get to ownership and control, the closer we get to being on that spectrum, we're going to find the most freedom. We're going to find the most stability. We're going to find those things on that side of the spectrum. And that's what I'm screaming about with this podcast. You know, that's why this is called Walk Away FBA. Because I want people to move closer to the spectrum of ownership and control. I control all of that. I have my processes. I, ha I have them. I have my own processes. I have my own, uh, in, in my case, in my case, you know, in this particular case, you know, I take pictures. That's one of the things that differentiates me from other people. I don't use stock images. Now, I, I do that. Those are my, now, think about this. The time. The time that it took me to take those photos and to upload them and to save them, whatever time that took me, I've been well paid for that time. And I continue to get paid for that 30, 40 minutes. Let's say it took me 40 minutes because I was new. I was new to that. I was new to it that time. It, took me, it might have took me a long time. Let's say it took me 40 minutes. Let's say it took me an hour to take those photos and create the listing. Even, even let's, let's add in all the time that I've ever put into that product. Let's say it was an hour. Let's say the photos took 30 minutes and over time it took me 30 minutes to adjust the listing, create new listings, uh, not create new listings, but adjust the listing description and just change certain things in the listing description. Let's just say total that took me an hour. Now I sell it. I bought, I buy the product for 16. I sell it for 42. You know, so, so, um, you know, Etsy has a 5%, Etsy has a different fee structure than the other ones, obviously, but you know, it's 5% off the, off the top. And then there's some other fees, uh, other fees in there too. But, um, I make a, I make a decent profit on that one product, you know, uh, yeah, I, I make, I make about, I make about $14, so, you know, 13th of change, $14. Um, so, 
I'm selling at least one a day. And um, yeah, my, 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 the amount of money that I, the amount of profit that I've made and then you match it against the time that I put in, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. And I, ha- I have another product. Now, here's the thing. Here, here, you know, I, I know I keep talking about Etsy every, every podcast. I'm going to eventually come out with a podcast just talking about Etsy because there's some just some things that keep keeps happening where it's like I don't want to create the podcast too soon and have to add stuff later on. There's just so many great things. I have another, I have another product that's kind of trailing behind the product that I have now in terms of uh, becoming, uh, uh, getting the bestsellers badge. Because um, once I got the bestsellers badge for this product that I'm telling you about, that's when my sales really started uh, skyrocketing. But um, I have another product that, that is, is I don't know, it's kind of weird because I, I do good sales sometimes and then sometimes I don't. You know, I, I can go days without making a sale on this particular product and then a few days go by, I'm about like three or four in one day. It, you know, it's kind of weird. But it's trailing behind, you know, it's, it's, it almost has the bestsellers badge is what I'm trying to say, you know. No one really knows how to get a bestsellers badge on Etsy. I've tried to look it up, research it. Some people say 25 sales. Uh, once you get 25 sales in one product, you get the bestsellers badge. And I think that's true because um, one time I checked it, I had like uh, 30 sales or 28 sales or something like that. When I, when I had that many sales... And then I kind of clicked a few things and clicked out and went back and I saw that I had a bestsellers badge. So I'm like, oh, the 25 thing might be true. But I have another product that's getting close to being uh, close to selling 25, having 25 sales. If that product gets to 25 sales, and let's just say I sell one every other day. I mean, it's 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 a I don't want to I think what's what's stopping me from making sales is I don't want to sell it for a lower price than what I already have it because my my margin is a whole lot easy is even a whole is not a whole lot but a little bit uh more my profit is a little bit more on that product than the 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 first product that I'm telling you about I don't want to lower my price so um but I think I might I might lower my price just to get more sales just to see if I get the best sellers badge and then raise my price back up but but if I get two of those that's going to really change the, the outcome of my business like it's going to change a lot now that product is not being sold on Etsy already you know and not and even to this day you know no one's still selling it um and, and, and there's reasons for that there's reasons for that it's not like you know with with the multi-channel strategy you're not going to come across the competition the way you do on Amazon Amazon competition the only thing you can compete on really is price someone could jump on the listing and sell it for one cent lower than you steal the buy box and then put their repricer on, and then you know they keep going under a penny that you know until they until they uh, until they hit the floor, right? You can't really differentiate yourself. I do not concern myself with any other sellers. I do not. There isn't any other seller. I've already solidified myself in a particular niche. There isn't any other seller that's going to do what I'm doing. At least for now, at least no time soon. And even if they did, I will still outcompete them. But I don't even think about competition. I don't. I don't. Not anymore. And that's what I want people to get to. I want to get to a people. I want people to get to a place where they're building their own thing. They're carving in their own niche. They're carving in their own space. I mean, they're carving in their own space, right? They're carving in their carving in their own space to give them the 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 type of business that's stable. So. 
that's pretty much just that's kind of a you know a loose generalization of how my business is now and how it's different from before but now i have a you know at the rate that i'm going i will have a six figure business doing what i'm doing now last 2 months i hit 10k in sales so things are things are going well and i i anticipate hitting 10k this month and so on and so forth but um but yeah so i traded i traded one six figure business for another the different the main difference is one was volatile one more stable one one was 100% volatile 100% volatile the other one stable the one i have now stable I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know why. No, I, I don't know why people aren't talking about this. I, I don't. I don't know. And I actually, I kind of do know because you know, you know, not to get all conspiracy theory on you, but it, you know, it. it, it I, I think the other message, you know, it, it kind of leans into quick money, fast money. Do this, you get fast money. Obviously, that's going to get more clicks. That's going to get more listens. That's going to get more attention. Right. But I think people, I think there's a lot of people who are, who are uh, a lot of Amazon sellers who kind of had some epiphanies that I had, but, you know, they're kind of just stuck still doing what they're doing because of one reason or another. And um, the last thing I'm going to say before I get out of here is the, the multi-channel strategy, what I'm doing, this isn't, now this isn't anything new. Now, I, I'm realizing that they're actually a lot of a lot of I'm seeing a lot of really big, big, big businesses, big sellers doing this. And I saw them. I, I saw them before, but I didn't really put two and two together. Now, uh, I've some some of my um, some of the people that I used to, I used some of the company or sellers that I used to compete with, you know, those sellers that have, you know, 50,000 on Amazon, they have 50,000 reviews and 80,000 reviews or 100,000 reviews. You know, a lot of those sellers, they have Amazon businesses. They have eBay businesses. A lot of them sell on both platforms. They probably sell on Walmart. I've seen some of them who also sell on Walmart, which is another channel I'm I'm looking at. I mean, I'm not really looking at it deeply. I'm just, just you know, I'm just noticing that uh, there's a thing called Walmart Plus coming out and that could be an opportunity. Maybe, maybe not. But, um, but they, these these really big sellers already figured this out. They they they've been doing this. I go on the eBay and I find the same listings, you know, and uh, or similar listings, or 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 at least they, at least they will have a store on eBay. I don't know if it's the same all the same products, but there's very very big big companies or big businesses who are already doing this. You know, they're already doing this. You know, so. Um, but you know, hey, anybody who wants to come with me on this journey, I'm I'm welcome. I'm welcoming welcoming them, you know, because I, you know, I've I've just was completely just frustrated about not being able to really su- sustain myself in the business that I was doing with Amazon FBA when I was you know doing that entirely. So, you know, there's there's so much, there's so much, there's so much, but um. If you, you know, um, if you have, you know, 20, maybe 20 products or 20 listings or something like that, if you're already past the stage of, uh, if you're already past the stage of, 
selling things in your home and and you you really want to you know take it to the next level where you want to jump in to start selling your products multi-channel um, go ahead and and, and visit listperfectly.com sign up for a uh, an account and uh, use my coupon code before you do that and then uh, you get 30% off your first month so if you want to take that next step if you already you know last episode I did you know suggest that people who are just kind of new to this just start selling things in your home, start selling returns and stuff like that on, from, from eBay and, and, uh, and uh, from Amazon, excuse me, if, if you have like returns and things like things like that. And, you know, where they might be a little damaged or in good condition, uh, you know, just start selling stuff that you already have, you know, on 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 a different platform, any platform, choose it. You know, um, if you already did that, you want to take it to the next level, you know, get list perfectly. If you have some products already that you're selling, get list perfectly. List perfectly, L-I-S-T perfectly, L-I-S-T perfectly, listperfectly.com. Use my coupon code J-R-E, get 30% off and let's get it. But like I always say, in the meantime, you know, stay on your grind and keep your mind on success.